Welcome to the Business Sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is small business expert, Barry Moltz. With 20 years of experience in small business ownership, Barry helps stuck business owners get unstuck by unlocking their forgotten potential. Thanks for joining me today, Barry. John, thanks for having me. So I'm excited to hear about this 20 years of experience that you have in small business ownership and also how you got started. So if you don't mind sharing with the audience members uh, a little bit about yourself. When I graduated college a very long time ago in the early 80s, I got a job with IBM and I thought that I was going to be president of IBM because I really dug the white shirts, and the blue suits and the red ties. And then I ran into a boss where he used to have sales contests where first prize was lunch with him. So I always ask, what second prize? Lunch with you? What second prize? Two lunches with you? And so I decided to go off and start my own businesses uh, in 1990. And the first business went out of business. The second business, I was kicked out by my two partners about two weeks before my first son was born. Started my third business two two weeks after my first son was born. And I was lucky enough during 1999, during the internet bubble, to sell that business pay back the bank, the $1.3 million I owed them. And my wife tells me I got her back just about the same time. Uh, But as part of that deal was, I couldn't start any more businesses because we have been through too many ups and downs. So I started an angel group for five years. And now over the last 15 years, I've been helping small business owners get unstuck and really meet their full potential. That's amazing to hear about that journey, that roller coaster, right? Um, so tell me a little bit about that IBM first kind of job that you had, right? Like yeah. what really motivated you to start your own business and what kind of role and um, position did you have in that organization? You know, we have to remember in the 80s, the IBM was really the equivalent of Google or Facebook, right? Uh, it was really the place to be. And I learned a lot about working in business and building culture and things like that. But I got frustrated working at a large corporation, so I wanted to go off and start my own things. Um, And I realized working in a small business, John, is very, very different because one example is when I was at IBM, everyone returned my phone call because I was representing IBM. When I went off my own business, no one returned my phone calls because who are you in your own business? So I think that transition was really difficult. And also creating your own culture, I think, is really difficult. It's not like I had 75 or 100 years of culture to lean back on, like we did at IBM. So if you don't mind extracting a little bit about some of those early businesses that you had, what went wrong, what were they, and how long did you endure it? Um, And maybe share with the audience members a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I really believe that, you know, when you're in a hole, the first thing you have to start digging. So in my failed businesses, We only did it for a year or two years, and then we realized it wasn't going to work. So my first business, it was was a predecessor to Grubhub, right? And this was really before the internet. We had a book, a small book that we gave out free of all the places in Chicago that deliver. 
And we thought it was a great idea, it had been done in other cities. And one problem was, was that a lot of the restaurants who had poor cash flow didn't want to pay after their ad came out. So that was really problematic. We also couldn't afford to hire full-time employees. So people were just doing a commission basis and they weren't that dedicated. The second business I was in where we sold voice activated computing systems. The mistake I made there was I met my two partners in a classified section of the local newspaper. Now, if you wanna buy a boat or a house or anything like that in the classified section, it's probably okay, but not a place, John, where you should find your business partners. And these were not good business partners. And so a year later, they kicked me out. However, I'm happy to report that a few years after I left, the business went out of business, but I'm not revengeful at all. So what, if you don't mind sharing that successful business where you exit? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, what we, we sold our last business in 99. We started in 93. We had a mail order catalog that sold scientific and technical software. And you got to take yourself back to the early 90s. The only people that were really selling software was really either with a computer manufacturer or places like Egghead Software. There was all this computing and technical software like for math and engineering that there wasn't a centralized place to get that because they were created by university professors or national laboratories. So we had a catalog and people that understood those products and we sold it through this mail order catalog. In the mid, in the mid to late nineties, we converted over to an internet catalog. And of course, if you had anything to do with the internet in the late nineties, you could sell it for millions of dollars. That's very interesting. So I wanted to ask you, like, where did you get this entrepreneurial bug of yours? Because you did work in corporate and obviously you didn't enjoy that whole corporate environment. Like what made you venture into entrepreneurship? You know, I had, when I left IBM, I went to work for one of my customers as the director of sales for a company that was probably doing about $20 million a year. And I saw how, although I didn't agree with his culture, I saw how he created his culture and I wanted my hand at doing the same thing. I had read a book called Growing a Business, which really talked about you know, what you can get from having your own business and from that culture. And I thought that's the really the way that I was going to make a difference in the world was creating my own business and managing people the way that I wanted to manage them. Now, I realized later on, John, that the most difficult part of any business that continues today is managing the people inside your business. And then if you don't mind sharing, like, did you go to school for business? as well like your background yeah i did i did your, your parents as well like did your parents have any um no. my parents were both teachers i mean i did go in the early 80s ibm paid for me to go to northwest university to get my mba but i will tell you getting an mba and working at a large corporation does not train you very well to be in a small business however it did help me with one thing at IBM, when you became a manager, they sent you to management school. A month long, they said charm school to teach you how to be a manager. And I think that really helped me in growing my businesses because I understood how to be a manager. And a lot of small business owners today, John, have absolutely no idea. And I think working in a corporate structure, you can grasp different departments, how interconnected everyone is and the way people communicate. 
And if you're end consumer dealing, like you're face-to-face with sales, then you also have that barrier and you understand like what customers want and also what is demanding from the corporate structure as well. So learning that gives you an edge when you're going into business yourself. It does, but there's so many things in a large corporation that you don't have to deal with, like like HR, like insurance, like, you know, all sorts of different things. And of course, as the business owner, you got to do it all. Yeah. So if you don't mind sharing uh, with the audience members, um, so the last 20 plus years um, doing this consulting coaching of yours, tell us a little bit about who you work with, what, yeah. how has it transitioned? Now you're an author and you also are an expert in this field. Uh, if you don't mind sharing with the audience members. Yeah, so you know, before the pandemic, I did a lot of speaking in front of business audiences. And most of these were trade conferences for small business owners or sponsored by large corporations like AT&T or NetSuite or something along those lines who are trying to show value for small business owners. I then have a small set of private uh, consulting clients that I help out on a monthly, uh, monthly basis. Uh, and I've also written seven books. And in this last couple of years, I've gotten a lot more involved in mergers and acquisitions, helping entrepreneurs sell their businesses when the time is right and getting a maximum return. That's amazing. So what do you find fulfilling? Because it seems like you've been doing a lot of work in the small medium-sized business space and now you're trying to help people exit um, what is the most rewarding aspect of what you're doing today yeah the most rewarding aspect is to try to get people to look at their business from a slightly different viewpoint hopefully when they hear me speak they watch my writings if i talk with them i'm not going to radically change their view but if i can shift it five percent to the left or the right maybe we can come up with a different solution I also help people, and this is, I'm coming out with a new book about how to make changes you already know you need to make, how to actually make changes in your business, especially if you've been doing it for five or 10 years, because those types of things are difficult. And usually people have had some success, but there's something in their business where they're stuck that's holding them back, that's not enabling them to have more success. And that's very interesting because now you're an expert in this unstuck, getting people unstuck, right? And that's positioning yourself as a expert that's unique in the whole world of this SMB space. How did you come up with that idea and that, that kind of niche going you know, into it's that? It's really kind of funny because I couldn't think of what my brand was going to be. So I work with my friend, Mike Michalowicz, who's a profit yeah. first fame. And he helped me come up with the brand of getting people unstuck. Because again, I think a lot of people are stuck. They don't know how to do sales or they're not doing marketing or they don't really know how to create a management team or they can't be productive or they don't know how to manage their money or they're giving their customers a really poor customer experience and they don't move forward. You know, listen, your brain for survival wants to keep doing the same thing over and over again. And Albert Einstein said the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect to get different results. So making those changes are really hard. And I think until there's an outside change agent who makes suggestions that you're able to internalize, people have a really difficult time making any kind of change. Because as we all know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. People have a lot of fear around it and understandably so. That, that's amazing. And, and thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanted to also ask you um, this journey of writing books. 
how has that helped position you as a leader in the space? And maybe share with the audience members, like if they are running a small, medium-sized business, does it help um, them becoming an author as well? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, most books have already been being written. However, they haven't been written from your point of view. Why do you write a book? You write it because you have a point of view and you have something to say. I wrote my first book back in 2000 about, it's called, You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Own Business. And I wanted to write my point of view on that starting a business wasn't a get-rich-quick scheme. You got to be crazy. There's a lot of ups and downs, but in the end, it's really worth it. And now my last book, which is coming out this winter called Change Masters, How to Make the Changes You Know You Need to Make, that was born out of frustration where I would go into a company, they pay me all sorts of money, we diagnose the problem, we come up with solutions, the, the president would agree, these are the solutions that had to be done, we put together all the steps, and then nothing happened. So why are small business owners so resistant to change? I want to figure that out from a biological standpoint and from an emotional standpoint and come up with my own method about how people can actually make the changes they want to make. So mostly I see a problem in the marketplace that I'm passionate about, and then I go write about it from my point of view. Um, I think it's also a good business card for you. I mean, if you can be, you know, still today, if you write a book for better or for worse, John, you're seen as an expert in that area. And it's all positioning, right? And it's all branding. And it's great that you mentioned perspective because you're unique, just like a business owner that goes into any kind of foray of venturing into entrepreneurship. Um, everyone has their story. Everyone right. has their own perspective and the way you do different, do business is different than anyone else. So understanding that and putting it out there, I think that's one of the biggest fear. People are afraid of what right. other people are going to say about them. But you, on the other hand, are doing it. Listen, people are going to criticize you, right? I mean, I love that that, that old quip that says, be yourself, everyone else is taken. But when you put yourself out there and you have a point of view, people are going to criticize you. I mean, I've gotten hate mail, right? And I keep saying, you don't know me well enough to hate me, right? There's something that I've written about that touches off something inside of you that you don't like, right? So, you know, the, the hate is kind of misguided, but... You know, if you're a public figure, people are going to be not so nice to you. And then, of course, that's balanced out with the people that are wonderful to you and write you and say, you know, I really appreciated this. This really helped me in my life and my business. Yeah. And I think getting to the point where you don't care anymore um, of what other people think, right? Because you're living your life, being in control and doing something that you feel would be positive and making an impact. So yeah. how did you change that perspective? Because you were a business owner early yeah. days to now yeah. being more of a coach mentor yeah. um, and author and expert. Yeah, I think that you have to realize that what my job is, I want people to feel something and take action. If they do it because they really like me, great. If they do it because they really hate me, that's okay. I just don't want people to feel milk toast about me because then you have really made an impact. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing, right? Like how do you touch the cord where they're going to take action and do something? And therefore, you know, that whole relationship piece, making sure that they are sticky, they like touch, you're authentic, you're genuine, and they really feel like you're wanting to help them. That's the, the, I guess, heart of every SMB. Like if you're able to build that strong enough relationship with people, then you're helping 
make an impact, right? And I also think you have to, you, the way that why people re relate to what I'm trying to talk about is that whatever they're going through, I've been there before. You've had your partners leave you. I've been there before. You've had your employees sue you. I've been there before. You didn't pay your employee taxes and the government came after you. I've been there before, right? I mean, I've been wherever you have been. And so, so I think that helps people you know, relate to your experience. Yeah, and it's perspective, right? Because you can relate and people want someone to save them time, shrink time and go through the same challenges they're going through so that you can save them the aggravation, stress and failure and all that other regret, right? So I, I love that you're sharing that. Um, so what's in store for you? Because you've been doing this for many, many years um, and you still sound like you're as passionate, devoted and uh, committed and you're enjoying the, the process. So what's next for you, Jerry? Well, I'm just trying to reach out to as many small business owners as I can, because I really believe in that old biblical expression that says, he who saves a single soul changes the entire world. So if you can just help one person at a time, to me, that's good enough. And I have to tell you, the small business owner stories, especially coming through this pandemic, is there's nothing, you know, anything you can make up doesn't compare. People have had incredible experiences of resiliency and patience, and it's great to help people through the other side. And now I really, I really believe, John, that we're going to head into the roaring 20s and the roaring 2020s this time, not back in the 1920s. And I think in the next couple of years, it's really a time for small business owners to capitalize on a market that's going to have a lot of consumer money out there. There's already $2.4 trillion in consumer savings account. Small business owners are going to have to figure out how to spend some of that money. And, and as an entrepreneur, it's all about figuring out where the gaps are. Right. So pay the problem, right. understand there's a, a challenge people are willing to pay for right. and fill that need, right? And that's Absolutely. sales 101 for you. Absolutely. And if we're not understanding why you're in business. And right. You're not solving someone's problem that's urgent yeah. enough that people are willing to pay for it then you're not doing yourself a right. favor as well right um yeah. so is there any tips that you may want to share with some of the listeners sure. in terms of like what you would have done differently how you would have uh shrink time or no. anything to, in there's two things. One is we have to understand that business is basically about people. It's not about the idea, right? And whatever idea you have in business, everyone's had that idea. It's about the execution of that idea. And remember, execution is all about the people. So who you go into business with and what kinds of employees you bring in that fit into your culture, that's important. Always hire an attitude, don't hire an aptitude. The second thing is we have to understand that every business goes out of business for the exact same reason, and that's because they run out of cash flow. Make sure that you understand how to read your financial statements, especially the cash flow statement, because you got to know at the end of the month, John, you have more cash or less cash at the end of the month. And most small business owners don't look at that. And if you don't have cash, you can't run your business. And especially during this pandemic, right? Making sure that you have a sustainable recurring revenue model or some sort of base to support yourself during times of, you know, turmoil or, you know, things that you not, not expected, right? Exactly. Um, so thanks a lot. I uh, really appreciate those tips. Um, last final couple questions I want to ask you. So tell me a little bit about like, what does success look like for you? Sure. 
and uh, you know what are some of the pillars that you look at in terms of your life today as opposed to 5 10 20 30 years ago you know one thing that my father taught me a long time ago he was director of engineering was making a lot of money uh, selling, uh, I mean, doing uh, communication systems, and he was really unhappy. So he left there to become a college professor and making a third of what he was making. And what he taught me was, whatever you're doing, you got to enjoy doing it. So that really played into my definite success because my definition is how can I being able to support my family at something I love doing. That is success. The financial part of it is certainly important. It's the way that a lot of us keep score. A lot of us have bills to pay. But at the same time, if you enjoy it, that really means that you've been successful because you can make money as something you really like. And it's so critical to understand the need hierarchy, right? Like if all your needs are met and you're still enjoying what you're doing, how much more do you need, right? Everything else is more stuff. And a lot of people get stuck with this influence marketing and social marketing and ads everywhere on what you really perceive perception is everything right it's like what do you think people need really people are just happy spending time with each other relationships people experiences versus stuff let's hope so let's <laughs> hope so i've always i mean uh the folks that know me every two years since my kids were eight years old and now in their mid to late 20s We've taken them every two years on some trip somewhere in the world because I wanted to have different experiences. And I've always spent my money on experiences rather than stuff. And I will tell you today, our kids say some of the best times, their memories from all those trips. So I encourage you, if you have some extra income, invest in experiences, not just stuff, because you won't remember the stuff. That's all. That's true to my heart because I've always done it with my team, right? Like. I don't just give them a bonus. I'd rather take them on a trip together. And because they're not going to pay for it, if I was to just give them money, they'll buy right. stuff, their new phone, right. their new whatever device. Right. But if I give them a trip that's memorable, that will right. last a lifetime, they're going to share those memories with photos with their friends. This is so powerful, the mind, right? So right. that's why I'm all about experiences as well. Well, thanks a lot, Barry, for sharing this uh, thanks, great insight, great uh, knowledge and uh, life experiences that you have. Um, if you don't mind sharing with the audience members the ways they can reach out to you, message sure. you, or contact you. Sure. So you can go to my website, which is www.barrymolse.com. And if you want some free early chapters of the book that are scheduled to come out this winter, you can go to www.barrymolse.com slash changemasters. And you can contact me on all the social media sites, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. I don't do TikTok. Well, thanks a lot, Barry. It's been my pleasure to have you on as a guest. Um, hopefully you had fun as well, because I know I did. Um, and I'm going to share all the show notes on the podcast um, so that people can reach out to you as well. Um, but I do want to thank you for your time. Thanks a lot, Barry. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the business sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs.